It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. Uh, ready to kind of talk about this free agent landscape that everyone is freaked out that we haven't jumped into yet, even though it hasn't we started. We haven't signed anybody yet. It hasn't I, it's, started. it's incredible. Uh, we haven't it, signed it hasn't anybody yet. It even started. The, the legal tampering has not even started <laughs> yet, and the Cowboys' 2019 season is ruined. Uh, I, I just released an article on Bleacher Report. Uh, this morning, the the five teams that are destined to, to disappoint in 2019, Dallas Cowboys, number one, free wow. agency class, wow. not very good. Wow! <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. I did post that article, but that's the free agent class wasn't why. Um, <laughs> all right, so coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at maybe a few under-the-radar names in free agency. Free agency, I think, begins, I think the legal tampering period starts, I think, is next Tuesday. No, it's Monday. It it's Monday, isn't oh, it? Is it Monday? I think it starts this Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, on Monday, we'll get an idea of maybe some of the, the players the Cowboys could be interested. Uh, and just a little side note, I, I used to love free agency when we could find Jerry Jones's uh, airplane and you could track where his airplane was going. That was the fun, the fun old days of free agency, like in the early 2000s. Mm. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and talk about a couple uh, maybe cheap, viable options the Cowboys could be interested in free agency. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is John Brown, uh, a receiver from the Arizona Cardinals uh, and most recently the Baltimore Ravens. Lena, why do you think John Brown might be a good fit in this offense? Well, he's versatile. He's got good speed. I mean, he can get down the field uh, and get behind defenses uh, pretty well. He's very smooth. Um, uh, you know, he's reliable i think you know most of his issues in this you know so far he's you know really a a, a breakout type candidate you know most of the mm-hmm, time absolutely. i think most of his issues seem to be injury related you know and seem to be uh uh you know related specifically to his health problems with you know playing and he's got you know, uh, ongoing health issues, and then he's—I think he's had issues with uh, with injuries as well. Well, he's ha- uh, he has sickle cell. He has sickle what, cell. That's what, that's what that's what I was trying to reach for. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but so it, and I, that believe, I believe his, it. Or, yeah, I was gonna say it limits him being able to return from certain injuries. He had a quad injury, I think it was in 2016. Yeah. And he also and it just it, kind of, it also affects his ability to play at altitude, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So go ahead. That's good point by you. Yeah. So I, I think that that's these are things to kind of just weigh in with his, you know, general thought process of higher of, of of signing him is that what exactly is the level of uh, of injury situations that you're going to have to deal with just built into who this guy is so those are the kind of 
pros and cons with dealing with John Brown. And, uh, you know, he's been, I think, as you'll point out, he's been productive despite a, a rash of, of terrible quarterbacks that he's played with. Right. Over the last two seasons alone, he's caught passes. Actually, he's caught a touchdown from Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert, Carson Palmer, Joe Flacco, and Lamar Jackson. Now, uh, I like Lamar, and I liked Flacco at one point in time, but it's pretty pretty easy to say those are bottom what, five quarterbacks in the league, at least in terms of passing. He hasn't played with a good quarterback, and when he did you know, in 2015 when Carson Palmer was at least competent, uh, he had 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. So I, think, I still think you can get a lot out of John Brown. He's not going to be super expensive. He's going to turn 29 here in April. Could he be a guy that's a very reliable number three receiver that can play in the slot, play outside? I think so, at least. Yeah, I, I, like I said, his versatility to me, you know, a guy that could play inside, outside, and, and probably a f- play effectively, equally effectively on both spots is, is really, I think, one of the major parts of his appeal. Now, this is always kind of difficult to guess, but what type of price range, like per year, would you think would be fair for John Brown? Like five to seven million per year? Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's difficult. Like I agree because the market for wide receivers, veteran wide receivers, is always difficult. But yeah, I would say that that seems fair to me. And that would be something you'd be willing to pay for, John Brown, right? Because, I mean, again, he can be more than just a, a, a deep threat or just a slot receiver. I would think that added versatility would be would be well worth, uh, you know, a six or seven million dollar a year contract. Um, go ahead. No, I, I was just say I agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, another guy that I know has interest in signing with the Cowboys, uh, and I'm not sure how much interest the Cowboys have, but uh, that is tight end Tyler Eifert. Um, even after the Cowboys went out and signed Jason Witten and brought him back from retirement, uh, there's still interest from Eifert's side to, to join the Cowboys roster. If, would, would you be interested in bringing in Eifert despite you know having Witten and Schultz and Jarwin on the roster? I would. Uh, you know, I, I talked to uh, John about this on the Best Coast Boys podcast, uh, that despite the fact that the Cowboys signed Witten, I mean, you're, you're, it's coming out now that it's not it's not even a $3.5 million deal that could balloon to five. It's a $2 million deal that has three it's million. It's funny how those things weren't It's work, crazy, right? right? And have, 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 it's it almost like you sh- maybe shouldn't totally freak out about it until we get all the... Uh, you know stats about it, but it, it's, <laughs> no, that's what makes Twitter fun, though, right? We, we like to is, freak is out. That what makes Twitter fun. Not, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, at least. yeah, for you, uh, yeah, it's a two million dollar deal, and from what I understand, it's got three million and not not likely to be earned. Uh, it, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, incentives, earned so, incentives. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah, I think if if we're looking at it through that lens. The Cowboys played with four quarterbacks. They carried four quarterbacks at one point. I, tight ends. Tight ends. I, what? Uh, yeah, tight ends. Not tight, quarterbacks. tight ends. Oh, sorry. Yes, tight ends. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe one of them could play quarterback too. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I, I I think that I, I'm not out on Tyler Eifert. I mean, I, I think that there are still benefits to taking a swing at a guy like that because of his upside when he's healthy. And and again, like if he gets injured, you got three other tight ends there ready to play. Uh, I I think that. You know, Witten's role—it it all hinges on if Witten's role is what he, uh, what they're saying it is. And I just—I tend to believe that it is because I don't really know the the motivation of the reason as why they would lie about that. 
You know, it's like, right. why, why uh, not just say nothing if, if that's the case or just not talk about what his specific role is? It, they went out of their way to mention that he's going to be t- playing kind of a, a, a lowered snap count role with a heavier emphasis on teaching and coaching with the idea that he's going to become a coach someday. So if that's the case, I, I got no problem with giving another five, six million to Tyler Eifert. You know, because I don't think you're you're not going to need him to pay him that much. Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati, I mean, la- Cincinnati paid him one year, two and a half million last season, and then he got hurt again. So, I, I wouldn't think you need to pay him anything more than that it. at the yeah. very least. Then right? I, I'm good for that. Like, I mean, I, I think if he's got upside there, then let's give him, let's give him, let's get him on the team, and let's see what happens. I, 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 I there's there's a certain thing as progress stoppers, and I think that that's legit. But I also think that there's something to the idea that this guy can provide something that. Probably the other tight ends may not be able to provide when he's healthy. Well, let's talk about his upside because I think that's kind of the thing we need to weigh here, right? If he's only going to be on the field for eight games a season, how good of his player does he need to be to to warrant a roster spot? When Eifert's healthy, I think you can make a case he's one of the top, what, seven tight ends at worst? Right, because he's such a dynamic receiver who can get down the middle of the field, who can make plays after the catch and can make plays in the red zone. It's tough to find a guy that can can do all that in the in the passing game and be a contributor in a blocking game. So, if you sign him to a two and a half million dollar deal and he only gives you eight to ten games, I'm okay with that, especially with the depth that you have at tight end. Yeah, I mean, again, like the Cowboys seem to be, especially now, uniquely uh, situated to handle this kind of thing, this kind of risk. I mean, the the idea being that they have three tight end two quality. You know, tight ends at this point. Right. Um, I think you know you can handle if you got a guy who can come in and be a top of the guy, top of the of the room type player. Uh, you know, and then and the downside is that he may miss times with injury. You know, I think the Cowboys can take on that risk, and then you know, I think the Cowboys can also bet on themselves that hey. I think we've got a med- better medical staff than Cincinnati does. So, uh, and, and also, well, it couldn't be worse. <laughs> I, and also, Eifert, you know, his interests have been kind of fluky. You know, they haven't all been oh, like ch- he got chained hurt lower body one injuries. Time. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so uh, I, yeah yeah. I think it's we, I think we, it's we've worth seen, the risk. We we've seen the Cowboys take this kind of risk before. You know, and they're okay with a part time player as long as you're performing well when you're playing. Just look at number fifty, the the linebacker that they have. Yeah. They, they don't care as long as you can give per, elite production when you're on the field. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some defensive guys. Uh, I, I want to start with uh, a defensive tackle. We know the Cowboys are going to be interested in looking for three techniques. Um, if you, if you look at the free agent market, there's not a lot of those kind of guys out there. So what you need to find is maybe some athletic one techniques that can give you some snaps inside to, to just beef up your rotation. One player that we know they like a lot and they almost signed last year is Terrell McLean. Would you be interested in exploring that again this offseason? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think that I, I liked him. I, I didn't. I, I will be honest, I, I haven't watched a ton of him from Atlanta. But I did see that he he made a couple different plays, and and I feel like it, it, he is probably the same player he was when he left. And I really wanted him last year, uh, so I think if you're willing to give him a deal appropriate to you know whether you know, he's another guy you got to worry about with health that sort of thing. So uh, I think uh, this is a guy that uh, you know makes a lot of sense because of the fit, because he knows what's going on. He was a as a a good fit in the locker room clearly. 
all, all those reasons, I, I think this is a guy who could step in and give you some good snaps uh, as a one technique, as a pass rusher, uh, and kick in at thir- three technique if you need. And again, the transition will be very smooth because he knows his way around. He knows every a lot most of the people in this locker room. Uh, so I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's probably always going to miss a couple of games a se- uh, you know a year. Just one season of playing all 16 games. But in the last three seasons, he's played 40 games. So you're looking at, what, less than three missed starts every year. I would love McLean. You pair him with Antoine Woods. Uh, that's a pretty solid one-technique combo, don't, wouldn't you think? You know, you have Woods, who's a little bit, a little bit of the bigger... Uh, you know, traditional one technique, and McLean gives you a little bit more of the the quick twitch athleticism uh, inside. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I do too. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to uh, you know add up uh, to, to a, a, a good situation that at least one technique. If you combine him and Woods' skill sets with you know some of the other guys down roster, I think that kind of may cinch things up a little bit at that spot. Unless you really are planning on going to get someone you know uh, with. Uh, uh, big time skills at the position, which I don't know that they are. So I think at this point that should sure up the position. It frees you up to go kind of draft freely what you want uh, in, in well, the draft. Uh, well, even before we get to the draft, let's say the Cowboys do sign somebody like Terrell McLean. If you have Woods and McLean as your one technique, Malik Collins is your starter at the three technique, and then you know maybe Tyrone Crawford playing a few snaps there maybe Glitch, Dayton Glitch Jones Terrell but McClain as well yeah i think right. I, so i think that I, I, gives you, you a good by. spot to get by yeah but i i think that feels like a level of at the defensive tackle that sets them the table for the draft to me right and that's that seems like what they like to do going into the draft is they they want to make it so if they don't come out of this draft with a defensive tackle, they'll be they, okay. Th- yeah. They'll be okay. Yeah. I think it's very likely the Cowboys end up doing something like that uh, in the offseason. All right, the last thing I, you know, player I want to talk about is a guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Earl Thomas. Where do you stand with Earl Thomas with just a couple days left until free agency begins? You know, right now it's a uh, it's a lot of conjecture. I mean, everyone's kind of wi- you know washing their hands of the Earl Thomas talk. Uh, because of the numbers that he's talking about. But, I mean, look at the supply of free safeties in the market right now. That's not going to drive mm-hmm. his price up. It's it's going to drive it down because all these guys, well, why would I get Earl Thomas to $12 million a year when I can get Eric Weddle at $8 million a year or $9 million a year or whatever? You know why can I? Why would I get Eric Weddle if I get you know, $9 million a year when I can get Adrian Amos to you know, seven, eight million dollars a year. I mean, that, I can get Trey Boston at I one million Trey, dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that Trey Boston, who you know was a very solid free safety uh, in, an, in an era where there's not a lot of those guys, he got nothing last year. Nope. And the, and he was on a market that was full for sure, as full as we've seen in a while. But I mean, really pales in comparison to this market. I mean, this market is nuts for safeties right now. Uh, for the Cowboys, this, it could not be a better situation. I mean, and thus late, maybe there was also a huge uh, class of really good safeties in the draft, which it doesn't really seem like there is. It seems like it's pretty average at the safety position. But outside of that, this is a historically good market if you're a buyer for safeties in free agency. So uh, the Cowboys are in a good spot to kind of let the market deal with uh, with what Earl Thomas's initial number may be, 
uh, and then circle back with them and say, hey, you know, uh, look, uh, market isn't what you thought it was. Maybe you could take this deal that still, uh, you know, makes you a high, the highest or one of the higher paid safeties in the league uh, and come come home and play where you wanted to play anyways. So in the same state where you've already made your home. So that sort of thing. Right. Uh, you mentioned a lot of really good names at safety there. Didn't even mention Lane and Collins. No. Who I mean, the, Giants, the Giants let walk. Didn't want to franchise him. Uh, Tyron Matthew got one year, $6 million last offseason from the Texans. They had a player option or a team option worth $7 million. They declined it. So Tyron Matthew is going to be on the, the open market, and he started every game over the last two seasons. Four interceptions, four sacks, 136 tackles. Uh, I mean, it, it, as long as you're willing to be patient and you're willing to, to wait until maybe the end of March or even, you know, after April 1, you know, and that might be the best way to do it because then it doesn't impact your comp formula. You can get a starting level safety for pretty cheap. Uh, Earl Thomas is obviously the best of those players, but I still feel like if if I had to pick any one team to sign Earl this offseason, it's got to be the Cowboys, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, uh, it's you know we've you've heard other names bantied about, and you know I I kind of more felt like all of that was uh, a case of uh, agents you know trying to drum up interest and, and trying to you know make the the price go up. But yeah, I think a lot of teams have the cap for them, but it just feels like more and more. That there's been a conscious effort by the league, by by the coaches inside the league, to move away from a lot of these cover three, uh, cover one schemes, to more cover two, cover four, because the finding these guys and paying these free safeties is not something that the league wants to do anymore. Apparently, for whatever reason, it, it's strange. Is it because? Teams are playing more cover two, and you don't necessarily need uh, a topper free safety yeah. or something like that. Uh, well, I mean, I think in the era where cover two and cover four exist more and more, you know, like, I mean, do you need, just do you need those safeties anymore? Like, that's not that's not you're not required to have the same level of athlete to split the field and as opposed to be covering one third of the field at the middle of the field where everything is happening and then also having run responsibilities i think right. you know that level of athlete is unicornish and it, the price for that athlete had gotten astronomical and i think you know again is it the gms of the league manipulating the market through coverage uh, adjustments Probably. Maybe. And I, I don't know that there's anything yeah. necessarily wrong with that because, I mean, that's they created the demand in the first place by by using those coverages, right, by using cover three and cover th- one. But I just think that there's been a conscious effort to try to move away from that because they don't feel like it's necessarily the best allocation of, of, of funds for team building. All right, last thing before we go. Uh, free agency technically opens up next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that would be March 13th. When, I want you to predict, when do you think the Cowboys will sign their first free agent? What did you say, March 1st? What did you say, what day? Um, I'm sorry, March? Ma- March 13th, next 13th. Wednesday, is when free agency officially opens. When will they sign their first free agent? Like the 15th, 16th. I, I honestly think that they may be bigger players in this than they have been before. You know, it just feels like they may be interested in kind of uh, 
you know, be, I, being more interested in kind of being players early. I would like to think that, but I think with Stephen Jones running things a little bit more, they, they've tended to be a little more frugal. But then again, they almost made a splash on the opening day of free agency last year. They tried to sign Sammy Watkins when, you know, the minute free agency opened didn't work out for him. So wouldn't be surprised if they made a move right on Wednesday or early Thursday, but uh, probably expect something by the weekend, I, I, would, I would assume. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.